I really want people to see this because this is really the fundamentals of transformation. It's like having the battle plans in your life and without understanding this and without having this working in your life, it's like not having the battle plans in your life. Today's teaching is entitled Transformation. What is it? And I think this is going to be a series. And I know it's going to be a series because there's a lot to transformation that I want people to get and for people to understand because this by far is the most important teaching that you will ever hear in your life. Why? Because I'm teaching it? (laughs) No, it's because it's in the Word of God. And that's what's really sad. The church has lost sight of transformation of the inner man. And I'm not going to get dogmatic about it, but I'm going to say about 500 years after Christ's ascension that the church lost sight of transformation. And it's really sad because... We don't hear it in the church today. It's not a teaching because they don't know. They don't understand it. And it's been lost. And if I was to boil down what transformation is in one sentence, I would say that transformation of a born-again believer is transforming from one state of being to another state of being dealing with root issues of the heart. And in Psalms 139.14, we see, I will give thanks to you, O Lord, because I am awesomely and wonderfully made. Remember that. Everybody is awesomely and wonderfully made. Because there's so many components to transformation. Because you as a person are made up of many components and moving parts, like just like a car. All the components have to be working together to get you down the road. I mean, just in the engine alone, man, there's so many components. And if you're going down the road and you see a red warning light, sometimes it won't stop you from going down the road and you just keep going. No problem, the car will still go. It'll still be functioning as you're driving, and it won't leave you stranded. But then there's times that the red warning light will be on, and you can't ignore it because you have to, you know, get on the side of the road quick before it leaves you stranded in the middle of the highway or something. And then you'll find out, oh, man, I didn't put oil in the engine. (laughs) That was an important warning light. (laughs) Believers' lives are just like that to where we can be going down the road of life and a red warning light will come on. In other words, uh, there's something wrong in our lives like anger, bitterness, unforgiveness, comparing ourselves with others, um, you know, so on and so forth. And the majority of times, people ignore what's wrong and act like it doesn't even exist. 
or they'll say, it's your fault. You, man, it was your fault that I did that and this and that. No, nobody's going to make you do anything. And people have to start taking responsibility for their own actions. Um, you know, it, it's like Adam and Eve in the garden when God called out to Adam. And he said, where are you, Adam? And God knew where Adam was. He just wanted him to take responsibility for his own actions and what he did. And he's, you know, we hid ourselves because we were naked. And he says, who told you you were naked? And, you know, he's trying to get it out of Adam, you know. And then eventually Adam just goes, it's the woman you gave me. And then the woman says, it's the serpent. So they're passing the buck and passing the buck. <laughs> you can't do that. <laughs> um, so you have to be able to take responsibility for your own actions. And you can't ignore that red warning light because it'll definitely put you on the side of the road in life. It'll stall you out from growing in the Lord because without transformation, it's absolutely 100% impossible. Impossible. I, I got to get that through to people. It's impossible to get maturity in the Lord. And I'm not, I'm not talking about transformation here, but this is showing the condition of the believer in the human race of the car analogy, because transformation is not trying to fix people. When I'm saying to fix something, that seems to imply that something formerly worked became broken, so we fix it. But this is carnal, worldly thinking. We do, however, apply the fixing of the human body. We, you know, we apply it to the to the human body, fixing that. Like if it needs an operation, or if you know we go in for an operation or a limb or something like that, then that's fixing the human body, but not, but not to the soul and spirit. Transformation is the inner healing of the heart. And Jesus talked about uh, transformation. Paul talked about transformation. And in Matthew 9, verse 16 and 17, Jesus said, No one puts a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment, for the patch pulls away from the garment, and the tear is made worse. Nor do they put new wine into old wineskins, or else the wineskins break. The wine is spilled, and the wineskins are ruined. And then Paul talked about um, the new creation in Second Corinthians 5.17, which a lot of people probably understand this and have this uh, memorized and everything. That's great. That's part of the foundation you need to have. And it states, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. 
Now, I call this positional truth. What is positional truth? Well, that's truth, and it is something that you have, but it's not something that's working in your life. So let's go back and read that really carefully. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. That's absolutely 100% true. 100% true. Old things have passed away. Okay, we got to put on the brakes here. That was my brake uh, um, uh, voice. <laughs> we got to put the brakes on here. Because for many, many believers, I'm going to say a majority of believers, old things have not passed away. When you became born again, then the life of God came in you. That's 100% true. You're a new creation. You have everything available to you. And that's God's part. Your part is to look at the old things because they haven't passed away. A majority of believers bring in a ton of baggage. I brought in a ton of baggage after I was born again. A lot of people think, oh, I'm born again. Everything's cool. Oh, man, I, I'm a new creation. I, you know, I don't have to look at the past and so on and so forth. And we'll get into more of that later. But um, it's not true. Old things have not passed away for many, many people. And so that's why this is this is positional truth. And we've got to make it a reality by transformation of the inner man. And a lot of people, I, I ran into someone when I was speaking in um, Southern California. I would speak a lot in different meetings and everything. And I ran into this guy and he, he, he had heard me before. And he says, I'm an atheist. And I'm proud of it, man. I, You can't talk me out of it. <laughs> Many people that know me know that I took that as a challenge. And I'm like, hmm, let me think about this for a second. And then I came back to the guy and I said, oh, you're an atheist, huh? Oh, yeah, man, I'm an atheist, dude. Oh, yeah. Okay. How did you get here today? He goes, my car. Oh, you got a car. Okay. And you got the keys to that car and all that. He goes, yeah. So when you put the keys in the ignition and you turn that car on and then you got here, that means you believed that when you put the keys in the ignition and started that car, it was going to get you here. He goes, yeah. His whole countenance, his whole countenance changed. And I was, I was, or he was like getting a little bit angry and he goes, you know, but I'm still an atheist. He knew where I was going with it. <laughs> I said, because you believe, you believed in that car. You believe in something, even if it's yourself, you believe in something. Well, yeah, I'll tell you what, uh, I'm still an atheist and you know what? I'm not coming back here. 
And from, I don't think I ever saw that guy again, but <laughs> I said, Hey, that's your loss, man. Sorry. But you know, there is no such thing as an atheist. And so one of the other ways that I get through to people with, um, transformation is I do what is called the billion dollar analogy. If I was to tell you I was going to give you a billion dollars, everybody would go, yeah, all right, whoa, that's cool, man. And But what you have to do is you have to use your faith because you have to put the keys in the ignition, turn the car on, go down to the bank that I told you it was in, and they're not going to let you just go in and waltz out with a billion dollars. What you have to do is you have to prove who you are, that you know me. You have to provide identification. You have to go through the motions. You have to, you know, be able to do all this stuff because what that does actually is it's almost like getting the combination to the safe to be able to take that billion dollars out. So, Transformation is just like that. You have to do something to get it. And transformation takes a lot of work. It's not for the faint or weak of heart. I'm going to tell you that. It takes a lot of work. And this has to be everything to you. It has to be all-consuming in your life. You have to walk into this with a mindset, I have to get this. I have to understand this. Because otherwise, you're just going to be going on along in life just putting down the road like, pu -pu 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 -pu, you know, just putting down the road like, like every everybody else. But what has to happen is the transformation of the inner man in every single person. And that's why God has mandated me to teach this. As I, I went through it, I've come out, out on the other side. And, oh, man, the freedom, uh, the abundant life, it's just manifesting itself daily. And I like to use another way to explain transformation, which is the analogy of the caterpillar and the butterfly. And... You know, a lot of people think, like I thought, a caterpillar is just a, a green or gray slug with a, you know, million, a million feet, ooh, just crawling around on, on the ground and everything and these ugly things. But it's been many years since high school, so I basically looked up on Google what a caterpillar looked like, and some more information about it. And I saw the caterpillar. It was pretty cool looking. I mean, it was, some of them were, were white and black and furry, and some were red and uh, black and furry, and some had green bodies but red stripes and, and black dots. Or, you know, it was real. they were really cool looking. Uh, but, yeah, nobody actually says, come over and look at my caterpillar collection. They all say, hey, come on over and look at my butterfly collection, <laughs> you know. So, uh, 
but basically I wanted to find out some more information about the caterpillar. And the caterpillar's purpose is to eat and eat and eat, 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 and eat some more. What is it doing by doing that? It's gaining strength to be able to go through the transformation process because when the caterpillar goes into the transformation process, it has like this sac that it goes into. It's called the chrysalis, and it starts the transformation process and everything into transforming into a butterfly. And then I looked up the butterfly, and its sole purpose was to help the bees pollinate the fruits, the vegetables, the flowers, all that stuff. And I and then also, too, it has different attributes. It could fly, do different things and everything. And I saw the comparison of believers because God always uses, uses the physical to uh, talk about the spiritual. And... I saw that the caterpillar is like a believer after they become born again and everything before the transformation process. And they're listening to sermons. They're uh, reading the Word of God, listening to the Word of God, meditating on the Word of God. At least they should be doing this. Excuse me. And so we see that this is just like the believer before they become born again. They're staying within themselves. They're they're getting themselves ready. They're strengthening themselves. They're um, just to themselves and, and, and getting that. And then the butterfly, we see, is giving out. And a believer that has been transformed is giving out, like I'm doing to you today. I'm giving out this information so that you could take it and you can get strength to be able to transform into the butterfly. And this is what God wants. He doesn't want people to stay as caterpillars. He wants people to be transformed and to be able to get out there and fly and soar. This is what people are wanting. But people don't know how to get it. People don't feel like, man, I'm not soaring. I'm just trying to make it from day to day to day. But we've got to get out there and fly and give out to others and live by God's principles. This is so, so important. And like I said, this has to be everything to you. This has to be all-consuming and this has to be your life. So when you go through the transformation process from the caterpillar to the butterfly, you'll find answers to your questions. You'll get victory in your life, and you'll be set free from things like, why is it so hard for me to forgive people? That that was a hard one for me. Why do I keep falling into the same sins? Another hard one. Why do these things happen to me all the time? 
Why am I so hard on myself, blaming myself, and punishing myself for situations? Why is it so hard for me to talk to people? That was another big one for me. David talked about something that is very, very important in the transformation process. In Psalm 119.11, he says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. You have to give the potter something to work with. And God is not going to work outside of his word. So when you are putting the word into your heart, you're giving God something to work with so that he can lead you and guide you by by his spirit and teach you and lead you into the transformation process and you'll be able to understand a lot of a lot of these things but you'll be able to to build yourself and you're eating and you're eating gaining that strength to go through the transformation process and we'll get into a lot of that uh later there's a lot more involved with that and so further explaining transformation i came up with an with an analogy that i really like and it's called a cylindrical room and it also um explains second corinthians 5:17 so when you're thinking about the cylindrical room think about your heart okay and inside this cylindrical room is a darkened heart right in the middle. Around that darkened heart, the darkened heart actually represents the Adamic nature that we're all born into, the fleshly nature, okay? We're dead to Christ, alive to sin. So basically, you think of a walkway around that darkened heart, and then around that walkway are a bunch of doors that are all black, and those doors represent the unforgiveness, the anger, jealousy, victim mentality, uh, so on and so forth. Everything that's wrong in our lives. And it's our job to knock down those doors and go in. Now, when you become born again, that darkened heart becomes alive with God's nature. So the Shekinah glory is shining on those doors. His light, his word, it's shining on those doors. His spirit is shining on those doors. So when you knock them down, okay, a lot of people, they say, well, I'm waiting for God to make me perfect, this, that, and the other. No. This is your job. This is your responsibility. God is waiting on you to take action for anything and everything that's wrong in your life to get it straight. So when you knock those doors down, you have to go in and you have to clean up that room. You have to get the room straight and cleaned up the way God wants it all set up with his principles with his word, because 
God has designed you, has designed me to function in a certain way. And if we don't function in that way, it brings chaos. It brings disorder into our lives. So we have to take that responsibility for our own life to be able to get our life straight. God's not going to do that for us. So what you have to do is you have to track the fruit to the root and start looking in your life all the way back to your childhood because 99.9% of the time, everything is rooted in the structures of our childhood. And unless you've taken care of that, those structures and those behaviors are still going to work in your life today. And so what we see is that all these behaviors are formed in the formative years. And I'll get into that a little bit later. But this takes work and it takes it for a lot of people. It takes everything that they got, like the caterpillar transforming into the butterfly that's why you have to eat and eat to go through, to have the strength to go through the transformation process. It reveals truth about us. And people aren't willing a lot of times to see the truth and that it started with them. That is really hard truth to, to swallow. That's a hard pill to swallow, but you have to. And your heart condition has to be that you have to be willing and humble to be able to receive this truth from God. Because I'll tell you, when you receive this truth from God about yourself, you only have to go through the pain once going through the transformation process. And when you get on the other side, man, it's going to be freedom. It's going to be the abundant life. It's going to be so, so awesome. And so in Romans 12, verse 1 and 2, it talks about transformation. And I had a lot of problems with this verse because I, I didn't understand in verse 1, Paul is talking about our bodies. And then in verse 2, he's talking about our mind. I said, Paul, which is it? Is it our body or is it our mind? And f I struggled with this for years and years and years. I couldn't figure this out for the life of me. And I kept praying about it, meditating on it, trying to, Lord, what is the answer to this? And one day God answered me. And he says, in verse 1, it's talking about your body, right? I said, yeah. And in verse 2, it's talking about your mind, right? Well, isn't your body connected to your mind? I go, oh, man, I, I see it, yeah. Because we're con our bodies are connected to our minds by chemicals, by neurotransmitters, all sorts of different things are going on in our lives. And if we're angry, 
it causes stress on our body or depression or anything contrary to God's God's ways or his design, the way he's designed us. It takes a toll on our bodies, on our minds. And then a lot of times we see no hope and our spirit is affected as well. And we feel tired. We feel drug out like I want just want to go to bed. In Proverbs thirteen twelve, it says, uh, it says, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but desire fulfilled is a tree of life. And that's what gives life, that tree of life. It gives life. And in um, 2 Peter 1, verse 3 and 4, God has said, or Peter said, for his divine nature, his divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises so that through them you may become, you may become, Okay, get that. You may become partakers of the divine nature if you do the work here, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. So what we have to see and what we have to do is we have to say our ways of doing things, our desires, Lord, have to become your desires. We bow down to your will and not the other way around. A lot of people have it the other way around. I'll just have God in my pocket and when I need him, I'll pull him out. No, we have to bow down to his will. His will has to become our will. See, that's what um, has to happen in, in a, uh, and that's a lot of the work that has to happen. That's where you need the willing and humble heart. So God is saying here, I have given you the tools, so learn how to use them so you can pull pull the weeds out, the bad behaviors, everything that is going wrong in our lives and everything, and cultivate a beautiful life. Someone told me one time, you know, if you want to change the world, change your own life. Or you want to change the outlook on your life, change your life. That is so, so much. There's so much truth in that. It's unbelievable. Because God has promised us. And Jesus said about the the abundant life I have promised you in John 10.10, it says the thief comes only to steal, steal and kill and destroy. I came so that they may have life and have it more abundantly. So if you still have darkened doors in your life, you need to open those doors, clean them out, get with God. You need to say, Lord, how do you want this? Look in his word. And arrange that room the way he wants you to arrange it. So that we have to see 
that it's our behaviors that are set on automatic. And if you track the fruit to the root of the anger, the bitterness, all that, it's it's just like a child learning to walk. They have concentration on how to walk. They have to concentrate. They have to be like, you know, I'm wobbly and all this, and I have to, you know, concentrate on how to walk, you know. And the parent co- coaxing the child and teaching the child. But after you learn how to walk, it's automatic. Today, do you think how to walk? No, it's just automatic. You don't have to think about it anymore. So that's the same way with our behaviors and our actions that we have to put into place in our lives. So if you haven't renewed your mind, as it says in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, you will continue on the same way for the rest of your life. You've got to break those chains and renew your mind. I'm giving you an over, overview here um, of what transformation is, and I'll I'll get into specifics later, but you need to get this mindset in you that was also in Christ. This is the foundation that I'm giving, and this is the foundation that I had when I was uh, Years before I was going through transformation, I was eating and eating and eating, and I was getting the strength to go through this. And I didn't know it. I didn't know what God, God was leading me and guiding me into all truth, because the more word I got in me, the more I, I was starting to understand, and the more he could lead me into those deeper things. In Philippians 2, verse 5 through 8, It says, have this attitude in yourselves, which also was in Christ, who, as he already existed in the form of God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but emptied himself out by taking the form of a bondservant and being born into the likeness of men. And being found in an appearance as a man, He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, death on a cross. And Matthew put it like this in chapter 7, verse 17 through 20. So every good tree bears good fruit, but the bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So then, you will know them by their fruits. Through transformation and only transformation can the believer achieve maturity. It's an impossibility total impossibility without going through the transformation process. And a lot of people think that they're mature in the Lord because they say, well, you know, I've been in the Lord for 40 years. I've been in the Lord for 30 years. Well, 
I hate to tell you, I hate to break it to you, that does not bring maturity. That isn't maturity. Or because they think they know a lot, they think that they're mature. No. No. That doesn't bring maturity. That'll bring you a lot of understanding. Or they have sat through, you know this, that, or the other in seminary, and they say, you know, I've got, a, I've got, you know, a PhD behind my name, and I'm mature in Christ now. No, I'm sorry, that, that just doesn't have anything to do with it. That'll, that will give you strength, and that'll give you understanding to go through the transformation process, but you won't be mature. In Matthew 11, verse 29 through 30, Jesus said, Take my yoke upon you, or, yeah, take my yoke upon you, and learn from me, for I am meek and humble of heart, and you will find rest for yourselves, for my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. I suggest to every single one of the, one of you listening out there, to memorize these scriptures, to put this in you, to, to have this a part of you so that God can lead you and guide you in all truth. Because in John 8.32, it says, Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So get these scriptures in you so the Holy Spirit has something to work with. And to sum up what transformation is in your life, it's in our childhood that our root structures, there's root structures to behaviors that we have built in our lives. And it's usually, like I said, between the age of, you know, actually birth to, to age five and in that time, that's why we call it the formative years. And then from then on, the trunk of the tree is is being built and the leaves and, and all that. And that plays out for the rest of our lives unless we use God's word and his principles to replace those structures and deal with those behaviors we will always have them operating in our lives in one form or another. So we have to take care of these things. That's why I'm trying to get across to you today. This is really, really super important. And we're going to get into more specifics. And this is going to be, this is going to have to be a series because I'm going to explain to you why do I need it? And what is my part in it? So today, take this time to get this in you, to be able to allow God to lead you and guide you with the Spirit into all truth. Remember, God's word works if you work it, and it don't if you won't, because you shall know the truth, 
and the truth shall set you free.